Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. I am Pierce Dietrich. You can follow me on Twitter at Race for the Prize. You can also go to my website, raceforthprize.com. That's where you can find out how to get access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet and look at some of the data that you're going to see today. The information's at that website, but simply you'll just PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App money over to me. You'll send me your email address, and I'll add you to the folder for February. Boom. Done. Today we're looking at the Clash... Actually, a little bit of Las Vegas, too, because it's just a random sheet that I have been working on. Well, not random sheet. It's just it's coming up. So, But that's just going to be a point of reference. Mainly, I want to look at the Clash. And we're looking at this new sheet I'm tinkering around with. It says Top Sheet. And in it, you can see top 10 scores from the previous two Clash races. In other racing sheets, you're going to have much more data because you're going to have more previous races to look at. Clash, we have just two. You have the top 10 scores, and you also have the optimal lineups. And then what we have them categorized as, you have the driver, you've got the price, and then we've got the scoring buckets. Finishing position points, place differential points, hog points, you may also call them dominator points, but it's simply fast laps plus laps led, and then the total. And if we look at the top 10 and we tally up all the points, 379 of the 466 points dry, scored by the 10 drivers came from finishing position. So 81% of the points were finishing position points. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I do want to just, again, make note that scoring a NASCAR is different. It's sort of a zero-sum game as opposed to daily fantasy football or daily fantasy basketball where virtually... In theory, every player could go off, and there isn't a maximum amount of points. In NASCAR, there's only so many finishing position points each race. And even the place differential is zero-sum. So for every spot you gain, someone else loses a spot. So that's kind of a finite stat, too. And then Hulk points is also a finite stat. It's not endless. It is not... Like in the NBA where Luka Doncic can score 73 points and Joel Embiid can score 85 points. And no, there's only so many laps. So there's only so many fast laps. And if one driver scores a fast lap point, that is a fast lap point that another driver cannot score. All right. So knock that out of the way. Now, how can I use the sheet? Now, I'm still trying to work on the best way to use this data especially for the clash coming up. Looking at the top 10, it's not necessarily clear. But if we look at the optimal lineup, and we're trying to build the best possible lineup, we can see that in that lineup, it scored 303 fantasy points last year. Of which 236, or 78%, were from finishing position alone. So my first takeaway, my first thought when thinking about Daily Fantasy NASCAR lineup construction is that maybe sometimes we don't pay enough attention to finishing position. Is it possible that we don't put the onus completely on this? Do we allow our brain and our bandwidth to focus sometimes maybe too much on hog points or dominator points? Or do we think too much about chasing place differential when at the end of the day, you can look at last year's clash or even the clash before that. 
beyond the majority, 78% in 2023, 85% of the points were finishing position points. Meaning, if I'm trying to build the best fantasy NASCAR lineup that I can, uh, perhaps I should just focus on who is going to finish up front. I'm not saying ignore place differential or neglect hog points. My concern or the thought has crossed my mind that often we think too much in terms of place differential and hog points, and sometimes we should just keep it simple stupid. Dumb it down. Who's going to finish up front? If you can get the drivers that are going to finish up front correctly, then there's a very good chance that you're cashing right there alone. It's not always going to be the case. It's going to be track dependent. And it's going to be qualifying dependent. We'll talk about that in a second. But it seems to me that maybe we should spend a little bit more time on finishing position. And the beauty of that is when we look more at finishing position and we don't so much chase the place and hog, and you're going to still chase place differential. You're still going to focus on that. You're still going to need it, right? You can see in both lineups, Eric Jones, Austin Dillon, place differential plays. Kyle Larson, Austin Dillon, Ryan Priest, place differential plays in last year's race. You're going to need it. You're going to need to nail your hogs or dominators if you want to win the GPP. But before you get there, step one, square one, should be figuring out finishing position. And the beauty is that finishing position, if I were to guess, now place differential, not sure. All this is probably right along with it, but... I would say the finishing position and the hog points correlate pretty strongly with practice speeds. And if you look at the practice data and you do your homework and you're looking at current form stats, then you should have a really good idea of picking finishing position and hog points, making DFS NASCAR to be quite predictable. And we can look across races and see, you know, what was the scoring breakdown in terms of these three scoring buckets. We have a small sample size, but from our small sample size, obviously the initial approach here would be to look at drivers and just try to pick the guys that are going to finish inside probably the top eight. That may just be all that you need to do. And however you justify that that driver is going to finish in the top eight, then you're pretty much good to go. You're safe. You're solid. You probably have nothing to worry about. But that might just be the simplest, best way to approach the clash this year, as opposed to like really doing math on place differential. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about hogs. But, you know, Ryan Priest is the outlier. He didn't show anything in practice and absolutely blew the scoreboard up. Uh, we can. I'll do a podcast where I'll look at the LA Clash practice correlation along with their points, but Priest did not show anything in practice, and he goes and has a terrific race, and many players are going to point to that and say, well, can't use practice, but on the other hand, you can look at that same practice data and see that Martin Truex Jr. was terrific in practice, projected to have a great race, started up front, 
and absolutely had an amazing race. So you can't really have it both ways. Practice is never going to be completely um, predictable. Never has been, never will be. And you're just going to have to use your own judgment at times to make the best selections. But it is a tool that is out there. Again, it's practice, not the race. Let's compare these numbers here. And again, we can go back up to the top 10 now that I think that's a little more clear. Again, we see finishing position makes up the bulk of the points scored. We got inside the top 10 in terms of daily fantasy points. These are not top 10 in terms of racing finish. 10 highest scores ranging from 39 to 64. So if you're looking at a floor that you were trying to set, 39, 23, 43, Again, if you're trying to kind of create a structure, create a framework for building your clash lineups, it's a small sample size, but we're seeing that top 10, you need around 39, 43 points. And again, going back to our idea of targeting finishing position, if you can get into the top 10, you're going to be pretty much right around that floor. You get into eighth, you're going to be in that floor. Throw in, and, and if a driver finishes in the eighth, they're probably going to get a place differential point here or there, hog point here or there, boom, you've got the floor. You're going to need to do a little bit better than the floor, but you get a pretty good idea. The next thing you look at probably in terms of scoring breakdown or scoring buckets is the significance of hog points or fast lap points, dominator points. There's only 150 laps, typically. And I said this before, when you have the bucket approach, finishing position is always going to be probably the biggest thing. That's not going to change from track to track. That's not going to change from scenario to scenario. doesn't matter how qualifying goes. That finishing position, those chunks of points are always going to matter the most. Place differential and hog points, their significance will change from track to chat track. For example, if we go to Daytona where the hog points are spread out throughout and there's not a ton of laps and the likelihood of a driver gaining a bunch of place differential and drivers losing a bunch of place differential change. So you get much higher scores. The, your bell curve almost uh, inverts. So we get big high numbers here and big low numbers here, which leads to this becoming a much bigger element of the scoring pie. You elevate place differential, you lower hog points. Pocono is a race because it has fewer laps. We often are going to downgrade, and you're going to see this become a lower portion of the race, and place differential creeps up. And you'll see that through the day when we make those sheets. And so then you'll turn a little bit more of your focus, but still... I would venture to guess that finishing position is always going to be first and foremost in all this, even at Daytona. You can chase place differential all you want. You're still going to need that driver to finish up front. Pocono, you're going to need that driver to finish up front. At the end of the day, we're predicting the drivers that are going to finish up front, with an exception occasionally for an absolute value that's just in there that moves forward a little bit, creates salary freedom. That will happen at your intermediate tracks. That will happen at some of your short tracks. 
I would say probably at Pocono, though, and Daytona, you're going to need everybody to finish up front. We'll get a better idea when we look at the scoring breakdowns and the positions percentages with the bucket. Boy, it's early on a Monday morning. So let's compare this with uh, Las Vegas to get an idea. Again, not that Vegas and the Clash have anything to do with each other. It's just that this is the sheet I have recently been working on because Vegas is coming up. And so we can see at Las Vegas, finishing position, 65% in the top 10, 9% of the points from place differential, 26%. This is the most recent from driver's hog points. Fast lap slash lap sled points. Let's compare and contrast that with the Clash. And we'll see that only 12% of the points at this race were hog points. Whereas at Las Vegas, 32% of the optimal lineup was hog points. There's more laps in the race. Obviously, it's going to be a bigger part of the winning lineup. And that's pretty simple. And that's okay for it to be simple and obvious to remind us that at an intermediate track, you're going to have to move some of your brain width from, hey, I just got to get guys to finish up front, to, hey, I got to make sure I absolutely nail Kyle Larson and his 63 hog points, Christopher Bell and his 33 hog points, even Brad Kozlowski and his 18 hog points. I need to be able to identify who is going to be up front for the majority of the race, who is going to stay up front, who is going to run nearly a mistake-free race. That's another thing that we don't talk about enough. It's not just fast cars. It's not just being able to pass. It's not just about track position. Sure, there is a tinge of luck involved, but in order to really pile up fast laps and lap sled points, Drivers need to be perfect. Drivers need to be mistake-free. Their pit crews need to be on their game. Those are thoughts that need to cross your mind as you're crossing people off or putting people in. Can this driver run a, you know, a mistake-free race? And if they can't, then it's very unlikely that they're going to be the driver that scores the most tall points. And then we'll see over here the finishing positions drop down. You can see Ty Dillon. Sometimes you simply need salary freedom. He only scored 18 finishing position points. Barely moved forward. 22 fantasy points, but you needed that. Now, an interesting thing is to compare this spring or this fall Vegas race in 2022 with, let's say, um, where is it? I think this is the one I want to look at. Yeah, uh, like some of these uh, races from previous seasons. So it's not always track dependent. So this would be the 2021 fall race. And you can see on your screen, we've got Ross Chastain with the most fantasy points at 78. The floor was 48. And finishing position 64%. It's jumped up. But the hog points is only 16% in the top 10, whereas it was 26 over here. We go back to the fall 2023. 
32% of the 379 points in the optimal lineup were hog points. Only 20% of the 378 in the fall of 2022. Our scoring bucket approach is not always going to be track specific. Oh, it's a short track, so i got to chase fast laps and lap sled. Yeah, that's pretty much usually going to be the case. Oh, it's Daytona. I need to elevate place differential in my mind and downgrade the requirement of playing drivers with hull points. Oh, it's not even caring, just ignoring completely. Yeah, that's fine. But it's also situational. So we get into the weekend. It's an intermediate track. Typically, intermediate tracks mean... Yeah, finishing position, obviously, but with, you know, 270 laps sometimes, 250 laps, whatever, that means a lot of fast laps, a lot of laps led. So then we really want to focus on getting that driver who's going to hog up all the fast laps, who's going to hog up all the laps led points and keep them to himself. Like you can see here in the spring 2023 race, William Byron scores 71 and no one else gets any more. That's why I call them hog points. He hogs them up. It shows, it reveals the zero-sum nature of really these meaningless points. And I know I've gone on this random many times. It doesn't necessarily mean he dominates the race. Yeah, he is in control of the race. But leading a lap doesn't mean anything. Only leading the last lap matters. We've seen drivers quote-unquote dominate and lose. And that doesn't happen. You don't dominate and lose. If you dominate, you win. It's more revealing to say a hog point. Because then it kind of reflects usage and volume, which you know, helps translate into daily fantasy basketball, daily fantasy football. That's my theory. That's my perspective. And they're just stats. They're not really... It's not a great indicator of someone being the best driver on the day. Anyway, so we go over here. We still get Ross Chastain with 27 hog points and Joe Logano with 23, but that's a far cry from Byron 71 or Kyle Larson 63 last fall. You know, it's a third, a fraction of that. What was really significant about this fall 2022 Las Vegas race is you can see that the driver with the third most fancy points. And Denny Hamill with 69, scored 26 place differential. The driver with the fourth most fantasy points, Martin Trix Jr., got 66 total, 20 of which came from place differential. Bush, 61, 15 PD. Chase Briscoe, 54, 12 PD. Justin Haley, 52, 14 PD. Eric Jones, 50, 14 PD. And then A.J. Allmendinger, 48 with 12 place differential points. Always ran well at Las Vegas. It's not necessarily track dependent. When we get to funky qualifying, if all of a sudden really good cars qualify in the back, then we have to elevate place differential in our mind. Then we can expect that the top 10, and especially the optimal lineup, is going to be much more influenced by place differential, and it's going to change our lineup construction. Typically, this would have been much harder because when we have to pay expensive price tags to chase some place differential, that means we have to 
either go with a super punt or we have to, well, we have to usually punt a little bit. And we also have to be very careful about how we spend for hogs. This one worked out pretty well because Joey Logano was only 8,900. He was hog number two. Ross Chastain was only 9,900. He was hog number one. So it worked out that you could get two decently priced place differential guarantees. You had two pretty cheap place differential guys. And then you were able to afford Ross Chastain and Joey Logano, who were your top two scores. Typically, it's not going to be this easy. I don't want to say easy. But typically, you know, you're going to see a driver north of 10,000 with the hog points, which then means you're going to have to make some sacrifices, and maybe you can't get Truex Bush. You couldn't fit Hamlin in this lineup, right? Hamlin scored more fantasy points than Truex and Bush, but Hamlin came in $2,000 more expensive than Martin Truex Jr., almost $2,000 more than Kyle Busch. Chase Briscoe had a terrific day. You couldn't afford it. And then there's only so many spots in your lineup. But sometimes it's going to be much more challenging to build that lineup if you get the guys that are leading who are priced like they're supposed to lead. This one worked out not that crazy. But the builds are completely different. You know, and It's the same track. This is Las Vegas. This is Las Vegas. Over here on this fall race, because of the way qualifying shaped out, I need to chase more expensive place differential and dial down hog points to a degree. Over here, we got one guy that comes through with place differential, Dana Suarez, 21 points from that. You get your cheap punts. And then we're spinning on Bell as a hog. We're spinning on Larson as a hog. Brett Kozlowski is the in-between guy. Get you place differential. And you actually get a little hog points too from him. But we don't see big, massive place differential swings in this lineup. Same track. Different build. That's another thing that when we go into this bucket approach of, all right, how am I going to fill all my buckets? How am I going to target the finishing position? How am I going to target place differential? How am I going to target all points? Who needs to be prioritized? In the fall of 2023, you didn't necessarily prioritize place differential. It wasn't so much, you know, pre-race, before the lock, you're sitting there trying to figure out you get your list of names, who are the most probable drivers, who fits in, who works in the builds. But if you were playing DFS NASCAR Las Vegas in 2022, you were going through the place differential names and trying to figure out how do you build around them. And then maybe you were slotting your hogs in second. Maybe here in the fall, you were saying... I got to get the guys that are going to lead laps. And then what kind of money do I have left over? And that would make sense why you might end up on Ty Dillon. If you're able to identify Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell, that's over $20,000 in salary spent. It's getting pretty tight. And then at the end, you're scrounging and you end up on Ty Dillon. Whereas over here, you had Haley and Almendinger at affordable price tag starting in the back. 
they're like, all right, how much more money do I have? I can afford Truex and Bush. Can't get to Hamlin. And then you got about twenty less than $20,000 to try to get some race winners and some lap leaders where you're targeting the front. Again, this is still an early spreadsheet that I'm tooling around with. A tool I'm tooling around with. And I'll make it bigger and better as we go. You can also see, like, how many sub-8K drivers were in the optimal lineup. There were two, and two of which were actually sub-6K. Actually, that's not right. That's got to be adjusted a 17. Yeah, I need to fix that set. See, like I said, this is still a sheet that's in the works. One that was sub-6K. Let me make sure that's good there. We're good there. Oh, maybe that was just the only one that had the problem. Hmm. I hope so, but I'm still going to go through every single cell and check it. Awesome times. We go back to the clash. Get some final takeaways here on the Fantasy NASCAR podcast. Thank you for joining me on this Monday morning. Finishing position is going to be what I target. Place differential, I'm not that consumed with it, but obviously I'm not going to ignore it because there's only so many points available. There's only so many laps, meaning that hog points are are down, which may not increase the importance of place differential as hog points shrink, but in relation, that's just as good as growing. You understand what I'm saying? That it, you know, the, the, the finishing position bucket static, it always stays the same. It's big. It's a big part of the scoring pot. That finite pool of fantasy points that you can score. A larger person, just imagine a swimming pool filled with gold coins. You see that? Scrooge McDuck style. That giant swimming pool that's filled with gold coins. The majority of those gold coins have come in through finishing position. The rest of the coins that fill in are either place differential or hog points. Today, in this clash race, there's just going to be fewer, smaller buckets of coins are going to get poured into the giant pool from hog points. Place differential might pretty much stay the same. So it hasn't increased, but in relation to significance, for the most part, for all intents and purposes, has. So, place differential still matter. Hog points still matter, too. I'm not saying ignore that either. However, I think uh, if, at least in theory, if I can guess these guys right in terms of finishing position, if I can predict the, you know, drivers that are going to finish in the top eight, odds are, chances are, that two of those eight are also going to lead laps and run fast laps. That's just the way that it works. If I can predict who's going to end up out front, then more than likely they didn't just end up out front. They were out front for quite some time, especially at this racetrack where one does not really just simply drive through the field at the very end. If you end there, you were likely already there. And if I can predict who is there, then chances are, that driver's also, or at least two of those drivers are also going to be hogs. So the approach for me really is just to figure out who I believe really can get up front and stay out front. 
And yeah, I want to be a little cognizant of place differential. I'm not going to let it overwhelm me. More than likely going to use it to help me get some uh, value because maybe these guys don't necessarily have to really push too deep into the top 10. They just give me some place differential and they also give some savings. Typically, when we are targeting place differential, we are targeting value. And the reason for that is, in most cases, well, again, a lot of this stuff is pretty simple, but it's worth saying out loud and reminding ourselves. Typically, when we chase place differential, we're also at the same time chasing value. The reason for that is the drivers that have the opportunity to fill that scoring bucket that have access to this. I mean, obviously, if you look at Martin Truex Jr., he didn't have access to the scoring bucket because he started second he couldn't stuff place differential he's actually priced way too low based on the funky 2022 but in a normal regularly priced year where DraftKings gets it right he would have been expensive and expensive drivers qualify up front expensive drivers usually don't have access to place differential it's a good driver a good car he usually is locked out of place differential he was locked out of place differential for that race he could only gain one spot he did gain that one spot that he should have been priced higher but he wasn't but in most cases in most races you're going to see the expensive drivers locked out of place differential because they have fast cars and are good drivers and they're starting up front but at the same time but then increases their hog bucket possibilities their hog bucket potential they have access to that bucket and it the ability to fill that up with points where the drivers do not. Like, for example, Austin Dillon in 2022, usually a lower driver, not qualifying the greatest. That gives him the opportunity for place differential. But it doesn't completely lock him out of hog points slash dominators. It doesn't completely prevent it, but it severely limits it. It hampers his ability to score those fantasy points. This is give and take. With expensive drivers... You're often conceding the place differential, which can be limited. Place differential, yes, you can put up some nice numbers, but there's only so many place differential points that you can score. With the expensive driver that starts up front, they can score quite a few haul points. Like we saw with Kyle Larson scoring 63 and William Byron scoring 71. Um, I don't know about you, but 71 is uh, significantly higher than 20. Look, Martin Truex Jr. in the Las Vegas 2022 fall race scoring 20 place differential points. That's pretty awesome at an intermediate track. But at the end of the day, it's not 71 points. And in most cases, 71 hog points, this upside, the potential comes with a high price tag. The expensive drivers typically are going to start up front. And so when you're attacking that bucket, it's always going to be expensive. So then when you're attacking your other buckets and building your lineups, you got to save money. And the beauty of that is that often the cheaper drivers have access to this place differential bucket. And so when we're building for value, we're also often chasing for place differential while remaining cognizant of finishing position. It's not always going to be the case. You're not always going to be able to get both. You can see with A.J. Elmendinger in the 2022 fall, you're able to get a little bit of both. You get your cake and eat it too. Haley, not too much, but still there. But then you look at uh, the 23 fall race, and you just, with Ty Dillon, you don't really get any cake. You don't get to eat it too. You're just saying, 
Can I have some pudding, sir? You know, you're begging, scraping, and just playing a punt to save some money because you're up here chasing PD or you're chasing hog points. You're spending for upside with Kyle Larson at 109. You're spending for upside with Christopher Bell at 74. Back to the clash to wrap up five. I'm looking at finishing position. I'll have a couple of place differential because as you can see, we did have three place differential drivers nearing double digits in 2023. We had two place differential drivers nearing double digits. And then hog points. I'm just going to let that fall where it's going to fall. I'm going to be cognizant, aware of it. But my perspective is if I can simply predict the drivers that are going to finish in the top 10, build lineups around those guys, it should fall into place. Thanks for joining me here. Hopefully that will help you build some better LA Clash lineups. Raceforthepride.com. That's where you can go to get access to this spreadsheet as I evolve it. It is a living, breathing organism. I'm always tinkering, coming up with new ways to interpret and analyze the data so that you can build better lineups. So possibly you can win some fancy NASCAR cash, or at the very least, you can have fun. I see people in the sheets all the time, you know, just random hours of the day. Like, yeah, hey, look at the sheet. Let me look at some of the data. Let me go over this number. Let me go over that. Let's uh, look up who did this or that. It's just something to fill your time and enjoy and really embrace NASCAR and take your NASCAR experience to another level. PayPal.me slash Pierce Dietrich, Venmo.com slash Race for the Prize, Cash.app slash Money Sign Pierce Dietrich. Send the money over, give me your email address, and I'll add you to the party, pal. Trip, the lights, fantastic.